She's a real woman with a real life. She's someone you can relate to. Open Air with Don Newton. You don't know me. Welcome to Open Air. I am your host, Dawn Newton. My guest today is a New York Times bestselling author. She's very well known. Her name is Glennon Doyle, and she's here to talk about her book, Love Warrior, a memoir. In Glennon's own words, Love Warrior is about infidelity, betrayal, and redemption. It's about parenting our kids through pain. It's about friendships that hurt and friendships that heal. It's about faith that shackles women and faith that liberates women. It's about how to finally find peace in your own damn skin. It's about shameless sex, God, food, drugs, porn, and tenderness, and how the dirt and the divine are so often inseparable. Hey, Glennon, how are you? Don, I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. The book, your story, I mean, it's just, you just blow me away. I just, um, in, in a really, really cool way. I just love your strength, your honesty, taking things on just head on. Mm. We just need so much more of that in this world. Mm. Congratulations on yeah. the book, Love Warrior, New York Times Best seller. So it's it's an honor, like I said, to be speaking with you. The book, you're candidly honest and um, brutally honest, which I think is pretty cool. Tell us, for listeners that aren't familiar with the book, what is this book about? Well, well I'd say two different things. I mean, the backdrop of the book, the way that I framed it, um, is the story of my marriage, really, and how um, 10 years into it, three kids and 10 years into it, I was in a therapy session and my husband um, told me that he had been unfaithful to me throughout our marriage, which was a series of one night stands. Um, and really just the kind of shock and devastation and pain that that brought, but also kind of the healing journey that it brought too, which is always these crappy things happen to us in our lives. And then they end up being, you know, the springboards for healing really. But I think more than that, it's, it's, I think it's a story of, of being a woman in our culture, you know, and how many hard and confusing messages we get and how really life is about unlearning all of the messages that we get so we can figure out who we are. Well, and you said, I just want to go back a little bit to that therapy session where your husband talked about his infidelity, came clean, because he, he saw how honest you've been in your writings and... And yeah. people love you still. And he wondered if, mm-hmm. if his honesty, could he still be loved? Were you in therapy to work on the marriage? Was it just to keep everything healthy? What was the purpose for being in therapy at that particular time? Yeah, it's a great question. So I just believe in therapy. <laughs> I'm like a, I don't know. I do not freaking know how anyone survives without it. Um, I just would live there if I could, but um, my therapist keeps sending me home. So I, I don't know. I mean, we were there because we're always there, right? Like we just believe in therapy as a way of life. Um, but I had no idea, zero clue that all this stuff was going on. And I think what, I think he did see that people, that I could tell my truth and that people did respond well because I was already writing then. Um, But I also think he saw my sobriety, you know, on a bigger level than just my writing. I mean, the way that we get sober and healthy is that we don't keep secrets, 
right? Like I remember going to my first meeting and listen, listening to these people tell their stories and thinking, oh my God, this is how it's done. Like, this is how a good life is done. It's, it's the secrets that make us sick, you know? So I think he saw that too. I think he saw how my, my sobriety practice was to every time something got scary and shameful on the inside of me, I'd show it to the world. And people would say me too, and and I just feel braver. So I think he saw it as a way for for him to possibly get healthy. Well, and you just made a statement too. It's the secrets that make us sick, and it's mm-hmm. that's really that just kind of stuck with a nerve with me when you just said that. Where it's it is it's the secrets. If people know my truth, or if they know who I really am, they won't love me. Mm-hmm. It's what we do to ourselves, the things in there, the the voice in that head that really, which is I don't know if it's our voice, our mother's voice, a parent's voice, whose voice is it? But we all have it. You also said that your deepest pain is always held within it, an invitation to a richer life. Talk a little bit about that. What does that mean? Okay, here's what I think it means. I mean, for sure, I'm a person who just ran as far as I could from pain for as long as possible. That's what addiction is, right? It's like a complete hiding place from pain. Like, I will live in this place. I will live in the booze. I will live in the food so I don't have to feel the pain of life. And now I'm just doing the opposite of that because I think what I figured out is pain, when you feel it, it's actually a teacher, right? Like these negative emotions that we have or these things that happen to us, we think they're hot potatoes, right? We think we have to like get rid of them as soon as possible. And then what happens is pain, it it doesn't just disappear. It demands to be felt. So if we don't feel our pain and we don't let sit with it and let it change us, we just pass it on to our people. Right. That's what I did for so long. I refused to feel my own pain. So I passed it on to my parents, you know, with all my addiction stuff and my sister and Craig refused to feel his pain. He numbed it with sex. And so he passed it to me and our kids. So I think the healthiest of the healthiest people I know, they really understand that pain is not a hot potato. It's like a traveling professor. You know, it just travels around and it knocks on everyone's door. And the healthiest and wisest people I know just say, come in and sit down and don't leave until you've taught me what I need to know. Oh, absolutely. It just it just keeps spreading until somebody faces it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then what happens when we face it is it's not as scary as we thought it would, what it would be. You know, it doesn't take us out of the game. The pain doesn't. What takes us out of the game is the stuff we use to avoid the pain, right? Like the booze and the, and the unkindness and the snark and the war and the over shopping and the... Um, sex and all of these things that we use, that's what takes us down. If we would just face our pain head on, we would find that that's the stuff we're made for. Well, and in the book too, Love Warrior, it's a memoir, you talk about how our ideals of masculinity and femininity can make it impossible for a man and woman to truly know one another. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I mean, that to truly know one another, like how do we mm-hmm. even know who we are as individuals? I mean, that's those, these are those go up high on the mountain and, and find that Buddha and ask that question. It seems like such yeah. a daunting, heavy homework assignment for us as individuals. But how do we tackle that? Because you did it so well in your book. Well, the irony, I think, is that we all think we're supposed to climb mountains and and ask Buddha, but I think really what we do is we need to not do that. We need to stop seeking and just realize that everything that we need to know is already inside of us, right? So that is one of the things I've learned during this process, is that there are no answers outside that I need to check in with. What I need to do is figure out how to go inside myself and get the answers there. But I mean, the masculinity and femininity thing, I think what became very clear to me during this process um, is that 
you know, what we have to be is whole and, and a whole person is body, mind, and spirit. But what happens to young girls at an early age is that we get so many confusing and threatening and, and shameful messages about our bodies that we just disassociate from our bodies, right? We just stop checking in with our bodies for wisdom and we just agree with the culture that our bodies are just objects. Um, and then because, you know, good girls don't, don't want, don't desire, don't, don't, um, hunger. And then the little boys on the other side, culture tells them brave boys don't cry, don't feel. So they vote their emotions off violent, right? So then we come together later. Like what happened to me is that, you know, Craig was trying to love me with his body because that's where he lives and I didn't live there. And I was trying to love him with my emotions and my mind, but he didn't live there. So we're just missing each other. That's how our ideas about femininity and masculinity make it impossible for a female and a male to love each other. Because really what we all have to be is whole, right? Like the best relationships and the best marriages are between two people who are whole, who are both body, mind, and spirit. You've also said in other interviews that you, you guys made a good team, but not necessarily mm-hmm. good marriage, good partners. How would you describe that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we still do. So since the release of the book, we divorced. Craig and I are not together anymore. And we are still a family and we are co-parenting and we're doing a great job at that, actually, um, because that's what we've always been. I mean, we got um, married when I got pregnant. And so we came together basically for the baby. Right. (laughs) And we learned how to do it really, really well. We were good at it. We still are. But I think what I figured out is that um, I had to go through the process of forgiveness for Craig for myself, because I didn't want to live as an angry person for the rest of my life. But what I figured out is you can forgive someone and even love them and still not want to be married to them forever. It's a process that gets you to that place that I think everyone's like, how did you do that? How did you do that? The book talks about that. Who do you want reading this book? Who is this for? Well, first of all, I I want what I've been so excited about lately is that, um, you know, women read, right? Every book, every publisher knows that, like, <laughs> yes, we do. Books are for women. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, but what's exciting is that men and women are reading this book together. And that's what I keep hearing on the road, which I think is really cool because, God, these guys, like, they, they're as human as we are. And it's just that men are not allowed to talk about anything. You know, they get together and they're allowed to talk about, like, the news and sports and and weather. But they need to vote their emotions back on the island. And they need to um, be able and be allowed to be as human as as women are allowed to be. So I'm excited that both um, men and women seem to be finding themselves in Love Warrior. It's such an empowering book. Congratulations on it. I mean, your work is just, you've got huge followers. Doesn't mean you go without criticism because there's there's been some of that too, which is really interesting. But it, it, you know, everybody, it gives you things to talk about and other perspectives and and it helps us become honest when we were faced with both the good and, and the not so good. It really figures out what your truth is. So I think that's really, really cool. Harpo Films, they've optioned the film and television rights for the book. So that is exciting. And Yeah, um, that's going to be something. So I just, what's next for you, Glennon? Well, I mean, right now I'm ending a book tour. And so I'm super, super excited to kind of like, when you go on book tour, you just basically lose your whole life and <laughs> just disappear because you're ignoring them. So now I'm excited to get back to my life to kind of rebuild again. I'm just excited for, for, for everyday life, to tell you the truth. I'm just ready to land again. That's awesome. Be home. Where can yeah. we find the book and where can we learn more about you? Um, well, I mean, my favorite 
place for people to buy books is independent bookstores, obviously, but it's um, at every bookstore on earth right now because of Sister Oprah. <laughs> um, and, and online, you can find me at um, Glennon Doyle Melton on Facebook and Instagram. And I'm um, on Twitter at Momastery. And um, monastery.com is the blog. Well, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Congratulations. And I look looking forward to more work from you, Glennon. Thank you so much. Thank you, sister. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks for having me on. Open Air is written, produced, and hosted by Don Newton.